back, everybody, to the Fantasy Golf Bag Podcast. This is Drew Matthews, and I will be uh, hosting tonight's show again solo. All my friends are out of the house, so what can you do? Um, this week is the Rocket Mortgage Classic up at Detroit Golf Club. Uh, we'll touch on the golf course a little bit at the end of the show. Um, if you want to talk about some club fitting, that is what this show is about. So you probably saw a tweet earlier today, um, or before we even get to that, the uh, the last show, I obviously being a little bit rusty, the, uh, everything was not set up correctly. I wasn't using the mic. The mic was set up, and I had it plugged in. Apparently, it wasn't connected, and that's important. Um, so there was like, it, it was kind of fuzzy. It was, there was some clicking. I don't even know where that came from. Um, so hopefully, this is a little bit better. I have the mic, and it says it's set up. And I mean, imagine in one year, the software that we use has drastically changed. Um, so trying to refigure this out a little bit, uh, I think we're in good shape, but, um, that is my apologies for the first one. I don't know why I did not think to check the, uh, the normal check boxes for running a podcast, but here we are episode number two. Um, again, it's rock and mortgage classic week, 2021. Today's date is June 30th, 2021. Um, so yeah, so you probably saw a tweet I sent it out from uh, the Fantasy Golf Bag account earlier today and uh, basically asked about club fittings. Um, like, for So again, this first discussion point is always going to be just golf related. And uh, the question, I will go find the tweet to read it back. It says, have you ever been fitted for a golf club? Driver, irons, ball, wedges, etc. And no, Golf Galaxy does not count. Uh, we had about 31% said yes multiple times in clubs. That's fantastic. Yes, but only one club in iron. 21%, that's fine. But we had nearly 50% say no, they've never been fitted. Uh, one person commented, so shout out to Doozy350 on Twitter. Um, his comment was, still trying to get a decent enough consistent swing to make it worth it. And I, I definitely hear the sentiment, and I, I've talked to a lot of players amateur players higher handicappers um and that's kind of the the feel that they have is they need to be more consistent to benefit from a club fitting and i want to take this time on this podcast um and again if you guys have feedback on what you do want to hear about more or hear about less that's totally fine again i I want to talk about golf as much as possible but uh, i know a lot of you have been with fantasy golf back from the dfs and betting days uh, and that's totally fine, and that's fair. So we will always try to incorporate a little bit of that. Uh, but again, all my content um, currently is at ftndaily.com. And uh, so just want to put that out there, make sure everybody's on the same page. I'm not trying to you know, change my genre around. Obviously, golf has been a big part of everything I've done in, in most of my life. But uh, I definitely want to talk more about golf, the game, than golf, the DFS sport. So... Um, so back to it. So club fitting. So yeah, the, the comment was a lot of people have this idea and I don't think, I don't think it's a bad idea, but the idea is, uh, you know, I, I shoot 90 or I shoot a hundred or, or maybe I shoot 80 and some drives I hit way right. And then I'll snap hook a couple and it's just so inconsistent. I don't think a fitting will help me. Um, and I will definitely a hundred percent disagree that it, it wouldn't help you. Um, if you're missing it both ways, like that's exactly what a fitting is designed to do is to help figure out what equipment works best for your swing. Everyone's going to miss it 
at least one one direction. A lot of guys miss it both directions, which is just another another story for another day. Um, but there is nothing wrong. I, I honestly think unless you are going to go to an instructor and sign up for X amount of lessons or just, you know, in your mind, you're going to sign up and go once a month for, you know, a whole year and you know you're going to be just on the driving range, practicing, doing drills, not so much playing in tournaments or playing in money games or skin games, whatever, um, then yeah, I would say hold off on the fitting until you feel comfortable in what you're working on in your swing. But for the majority of people, they don't A, have the time to you know, go to an instructor once, maybe twice a month uh, for an hour, and then also drill for an hour or two every other day, we'll say. I mean, it really should be every day, but the reality is most people that are over 20 or 22 or 18, I don't know, they have a job and they're not going to be able to go to the driving range and just drill or they have a family, which is kind of the where, where my road kind of went downhill was the time commitment of going to the driving range or going to the golf course for five, six, seven, eight hours a day just isn't, isn't even a realistic opportunity for me. So a big circle around back the, the idea, though, is for most people, they don't fit in that category. You will benefit from a club fitting. Um, maybe do the driver first. I think driver is the most important club in the bag. Uh, I, I think there's more and more data coming out now that putting is not, you know, it's not driver show, putt for dough. Um, I, I fully believe for most players, for in general, just a generalization, for every golfer in the world, dr- the driver is the most important club in the bag. If you cannot get it in play... You cannot play golf. That's period A1. Um, after that, as you know, as you progress and get better, then yeah, I would say wedges are pretty good or distance control with your short iron, stuff like that. Um, putting is just it's just not that important for being consistent. And uh, so I do think most people should benefit from going to get some type of club fitting. If you're going to do irons, I'm, I'm very... Uh, critical of going to like a golf store to do irons so like if you go to a golf galaxy um the positive for a golf galaxy is they i think they'll let you use like pro v1s or whatever golf ball you use but it's also off a mat and i don't i just don't like that for irons or wedges um driver doesn't really matter because you're teeing it up so if you want to go to a, a normal golf store and do a driver fitting that's totally fine um, they don't have a, as many shafts as I would recommend for like a lower handicap player. So keep that in mind. If you're, you know, if you're shooting in the seventies or even the low eighties and on the verge of shooting in the seventies, I would do like a, a real fitting somewhere that they have probably 30, probably 30 different shafts between manufacturers and the brand, like the, the brands and the type of shafts that they offer. That's mid kick point, high kick point, low kick point, uh, mid launch with low spin, low launch with low spin, all the different things, different weights, different flexes. Like it's going to be a little bit more expensive. I mean, it's going to be a hundred bucks, 150 bucks for an hour for that, but it's way more valuable than just going to golf galaxy and seeing what, uh, stock Titleist shafts they have in their, in their hitting bay for you to try out. So, um, that, that would be my biggest point. I, I hear a lot of people talk about that. And I and I I don't think club fittings are a cure-all. Like, I, I honestly do not believe you're going to go get a club fitting and magically just be so much better. But some people will, based on their 
<laughs> maybe their equipment is just so bad that they're playing with and getting fit really makes it more consistent. But it's not like a cure-all. It's not a magic bullet. Um, but I do think there's a misnomer where people say they need to be more consistent to get a club fitting, and I would disagree. I, I, I really think you should see an improvement depending on what clubs you are playing, and maybe it's maybe you're playing decent enough clubs. But, uh, yeah, take your... You know, take a look at your golf game. Maybe the clubs, um, irons or woods. Again, I think the driver is the most important club, and it's it's honestly probably the cheapest to get fit because it's one club. Um, try to find a local club fitter and do a session and see what they can fit you in. It's not gonna. You're not trying to. Like, there's definitely a difference between club fitting for an amateur and a professional. Like the if Bryson DeChambeau is going to the Cobra headquarters to test drivers or get fit, quote unquote, get fit for a driver. Um, he's really trying to optimize like 0.2 and 0.1 of launch angle with spin rate within like 100 or 200 RPMs to hit it 340 yards off the tee on the fly. You are trying to go out to a club fitter and you're just trying to make sure you're not using the wrong equipment. You're trying to get a club that at least helps you carry it a little bit further than maybe you are, maybe tightens up your dispersions a little bit, it's a very little thing, so keep that in mind. Again, it's it's a, it is a benefit. It's not like a scam, um, but unless you are going to go through a bunch of lessons for an entire year and really change your swing or work on it, um, and obviously you investing in it now would be a waste in six months because your swing's going to change or you're you're better, faster swing or whatever. Um, then yeah, I, I would agree with that. But for most people, I would encourage you to at least get a driver fitting. I think you would much you would enjoy the game much more by having a driver that, again, you know is fit for your swing, whether you slice it or hook it, it doesn't really matter. It's it's there to benefit you and reduce your inconsistencies. And I think you'll benefit and enjoy game the, the game of golf a lot more. So um, that would be my two cents on that. I'm sorry I don't have a co-host that I could kick ideas off of. If anyone wants to join me for a podcast, please please reach out. You can DM me at Red Kachik on Twitter or just the Fantasy Golf Bag account. Um, but yeah, that's that's about it. I I'm going to get fit. Uh, I got fit a couple a couple weeks ago for a driver, and it just it wasn't working out. So I'm going to go again, and uh, I have a few ideas that I want to try out. It's 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 really weird. Like what I'm going through right now with I'm hitting my my five wood within about 10, 10 yards of my three wood, which is fine, and then my three wood within about five or ten yards of my driver and to me that seems absurd um i would rather see a little bigger gap between my three wood and my driver than that um so i'm just i'm trying and i'm not i'm just trying to find a little bit more consistency with it as well like i'm launching it kind of low um right now i have two launch monitors i'm testing at home and i'm and if you read my article on the fantasygolfbag.com I have the Mevo Plus and the Mevo I'm still using. And when I use them together, I, I try to compare numbers. They're very accurate. But I'm launching at like nine degrees, which is a, like borderline low for, for my swing speed. And I'm spinning it ridiculous, like almost 3,000 RPM, sometimes 3,600, um, depending on what shaft I'm, I'm testing out. So I'm in the conundrum of trying to find a driver head that launches higher, but a shaft that launch that control that keeps the spin down which is very difficult to do and it might just be me i just might just suck so i'm <laughs> i'm hitting it low with a lot of spin and i and i no matter what i use 
so far, I, I have not found a club that has gotten the launch up a degree or two um, and brought the spin down about 500 RPM. So that's where my game is at. Uh, all right, let's transition and talk a little bit about DFS. Uh, I don't have another golf topic this week. Uh, congrats to Harris English for winning the Travelers last week um, in a playoff with with Kramer Hickok. So that was that was very fun to watch. I know people get bored after a few holes of sudden death, but uh, I can assure you from the player's perspective, uh, I mean, that's a huge difference. I, honestly, I, I didn't look at the payout, but what, $1.2 million probably versus 600 k So you're literally cutting your your paycheck in half if you lose. So it's definitely, at that point, I don't think Harris English cares about the money, but I I don't know. I think they all still do care about the money at that level. It's not like a, a Bryson or a Rory McIlroy, but uh, I can assure you they were definitely feeling every hole in terms of the nerves. So congrats to Harris English. This week transitions to um, the Rocket Mortgage Classic. It's a 7,300-yard par 72. It's kind of, I think two years ago when it first got added to the to the schedule, there was a lot of unknowns. And that's the same with every golf course that gets added. Same with um, the course that was in uh, South Carolina a couple weeks ago. And I'm drawing a blank on the name of it. But it's uh, this golf course looked tree-lined. It looked like the rough was kind of up. It looked like it was going to be a tight and narrow golf course. And Nate Lashley went out and crushed the field. Last year, Bryson and Matthew Wolf crushed the field. So it looks to be a bomber's track. Um, If you look at the average approach distances, you're looking at like 125 to 150 and 150 to 175. Like 50% of the shots were from that, those two buckets combined. So a lot of guys are going to have wedges in. I mean, honestly, Bryson's hitting his pitching wedge, what, 165 or something now, or 160 at least. So, yeah, they're they're hitting wedges from 150, most most guys on tour. So it's going to be a uh, bomb and gouge type of week. I hate to say bomb and gouge, but it's essentially just a bombing week. Um, it is going to be uh, bent grass greens, bent grass fairways, bent grass through through the green. So it's, it's bent grass everywhere. Northern golf courses is kind of what you expect. Um, but the biggest thing that I, I saw that I, I missed the FTN daily live stream today, um, it got rescheduled and I couldn't, I, I just couldn't make it work as early as they wanted to go. Um, but the biggest takeaway I wanted to, to talk about was with the scoring being so low at this golf tournament, we've talked about it a lot in the past at fantasy golf bag. And even after we transitioned to FTN is the variance in lower scoring events. And I don't think that's a surprise to anybody if they've been around DFS or just PGA Tour golf in a while. You you just see random guys, um, good players, but random names pop up at the top of leaderboards at these low scoring events. If you think about like the Desert Classic, um, if you think about Andrew Landry played really well there, uh, it's just like... And he, and he came out of nowhere to do it with a hot putter. And it's the same thing here. And even though Bryson, as good as Bryson is, um, last year he gained almost eight strokes putting. Matthew Wolf finished second, gained six strokes putting. Kevin Kisner gained five strokes putting and finished third. I mean, there you're going to see guys at the top of the leaderboard that gained strokes putting at a, an absurd rate this week versus another tournament. And that's that would bring me to my point is, Bryson's currently a seven to one favorite. I've seen a lot of people in the industry hopping on board. And in terms of Bryson versus the strength of field, yes, I would agree 
Bryson is a strong favorite. Um, but when it comes to a, a low-scoring event like this, it really, I, I don't think he, his strength um, in terms of him being a player, like his, his world ranking, like his overall strength as a player, doesn't really equate as much as it would if it was the U.S. Open or another tournament where minus two or minus five is going to win. When it's going to be minus 20, I mean, it's just, he could still play well and win. Obviously, he won last year. But there's so much more variance by just miss a couple putts and you're you're done. Or we've seen him since he's gained a bunch of distance with his driver. Um, his wedge game is a little bit iffy. I think it's gotten a little better this, like the last three months. But that's been his biggest um, MO is he's got, he's got a ton of 60 and 70 and 50 yard shots into par fours and he's just not hitting it close enough for what you would think a PGA Tour player should um so he's losing strokes around the green for that reason but uh that would be my biggest thing is I I do think Bryson is a strong favorite but when people say oh he's just a, there's no way he can't lose this week well yeah I mean it's, if it's going to be a 20 under par winning score anybody could win this week it's, it's literally just it's all over the board um so keep that in mind. I, I Again, I, I do like Bryson. I think he's a great fit. He obviously has won here before, so he likes the track. But I would not put him in a category of this field is just so weak and he's just so much better that it should just be a runaway. Um, and maybe it, maybe it will be. But in terms of what I'm looking at, if you're looking at low-scoring events, the variance in putting is just too much for even the best players in the world to, uh, to overcome. So keep that in mind as we, as we go through it. Um, Probably the biggest, the biggest values I would say that I've seen was uh, Doc Redman at seventy nine hundred. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. Uh, Cameron Tringali eighty one hundred continues to play well. Uh, struggled a little bit last week, so I think it's a good bounce back spot for him. Garrett Kigo at eighty three hundred. A lot of these guys in the mid range are actually really strong values. So it's I think back to my point on Bryson. If Bryson's going to be twenty five plus percent owned. Um, in most tournaments, he's he's probably worth fading. I mean, he, he could just certainly win this and run away with it based on how good he is, and I, I'm not trying to take anything away from him. I just think on a tournament where the scoring is so low, the volatility goes sky high, um, and paying 11400 for Bryson, is, especially at 25% owned, is a little bit tough to stomach for me. So unless you're building a ton of lineups, I would look for leveraging that mid-range um like Matthew Wolf's a great example coming off of the U.S. Open where he played well and then last week he struggled a bit but he finished second here last year so if he has a little bit left in the tank from the U.S. Open this would be a good week for him at 9100 guys will flock I mean I saw Keegan Bradley's going to be popular at 9000 which is just mind-boggling so um the cheapest guy that I'll I'll talk about tonight um, and I and I included this uh, overall thought in my in my article is Mito uh, Pereira. I think I pronounced his last name right. And I probably screwed it up, but I hope I did. Um, so he is a Corn Ferry Tour. I guess you can call him a graduate. He, he's won three times on the Corn Ferry Tour this season, um, 2021, and so now he gets a promotion to the PGA Tour. Um, so he gets to play this week, and honestly, if you looked at the last couple of scores, and let me try to pull them up on, um, let me try to pull them up on DraftKings really quick, just so you can get an idea. 
Again, he's seven thousand. He's not going to have any PGA Tour stats, so you're not going to he's not going to pop for anybody. But as I've said before, of all the of all the things I've ever harped on Sky, it's for really young up and comers that have a lot of promise and they never pan out at least early on. Um, and we're seeing more and more of that from some of these young guys like Cole Hammer, who's who's struggling a little bit, but he was one of the top amateurs for like five years in a row. Um, obviously Akshay and, and Panda and all these guys are notorious for like having a chance and, and blowing it basically. Actually is still young enough. He's, he's got plenty of time, but, um, let me pull up Mito's scores from the last couple weeks. And, and again, it, it kind of goes hand in hand with the field being pretty weak. I think this is an opportunity to play him and he's, he's priced up, which I was kind of interested in how DK came up with that pricing, but um, so he won the BMW Charity Pro-Am on June 10th. He shot 65, 63, 66, 64. He won the Rex Hospital Open the week prior and shot 62, 67, 67, 67. Pretty good. Um, the week before that, he finished 10th, shot 69, 73. That's a terrible round for this guy. 68, 67 to finish 10th. So I'm sure after the, the 73, he was out of it. Um, and then he played pretty well on the on the weekend to to finish in the top ten. So Mito Pereira, I, I I made a joke tweet earlier in the week that people are going out on a limb that he's going to be a future PGA Tour winner. No duh, the guy's the guy's extremely good. He's proven himself on the Corn Ferry Tour, which is arguably you know a barely half step down from the PGA Tour in terms of competition. So uh, I really like Mito this week at seven thousand. He's he's going to be in a lot of my lineups. I just would love to get there early for him instead of late. And he's obviously playing good with back-to-back wins a couple weeks ago. So that would be my my lowest guy that I would care to talk about. Some other guys real low, you know, grayed out well. But again, it's such a um, kind of a hit-or-miss week with the scoring being so low. So try to monitor your ownership. Uh, again, Bryson's going to be pretty chalky, it looks like. So keep that in mind when you're building. 7-1 um, to one is fair I think is very fair but I don't think it's um something you should really chase in terms of DFS so uh I think that's it guys again if you if you have any questions um you can always you know visit the website at fantasygolfbag.com um I got a couple articles up there the the recent one was about the top launch monitors I've tested with on a budget so I did include the Mevo plus which was um a couple thousand but the others are all sub, one's 500 and all the rest are sub 200. So uh, I think that's a really good read if you're looking to set up something at home, something in your backyard that you can practice. It, the launch monitor is actually pretty handy. Um, but yeah, if you have any questions or any other topics you'd like to talk about or have me talk about or guests or something like that, please reach out to me uh, at Red Kachik on Twitter or at Fantasy Golf Bag on Twitter. Uh, and that will do it, guys. Good luck this week in the Rocket Mortgage. The British Open is just a couple weeks away, and I'm looking forward to another podcast uh, here very soon. See ya.